on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? Big news. Big news on the podcast. Breaking news. I learned this morning, I wake up to a text message from someone formerly involved in this podcast saying, I'd like to be back on the podcast and let's talk when you have time. Let's see money. Let's imagine? talk money. So if any of you are listeners who have friends who've stopped listening because it's just me rambling into the ether, let them know to come back. It's time to start listening again. And you'll be surprised because it's not what you think. Hi, everybody. <laughs> you can say hi. Hello. This is Jacob. Or you can introduce yourself. As he said, I'm Jacob. And Jacob was the person who I was talking about last week who... Um, I went to see the movies with. And after threatening legal action for him using my likeness in a podcast without my written permission, he asked me on instead so I can get a cup of these profits. (laughs) Jacob, you are maybe going to help make us rich. Maybe. Or just point to the injustices. (laughs) I've done two podcasts before. This is number... Lucky number three. I heard one of them, but yeah, I didn't know about the other one. What was, I know I heard the one about... I don't think the other one was as interesting as the first. What's the Kate Blanchett one called again? For, uh, for the girls. It's all Sorry. gay and, and queer individuals with their divas. Talk about their divas. And you talk about Kate Blanchett, and your last name is Plummer, in case people want to find that episode. Yes, yeah. Kate Blanchett, Jacob Plummer, but you won't find me anywhere else. I'm not on anything else. No, you're on another podcast. Sure, on a podcast, but I'm like not on Instagram. I'm not on Twitter. What if I Googled you? There's probably a number of Jacob Plummers, no? No, so funny enough, (laughs) this is a great start to a podcast. The other Jacob Plummer. It's incredible, actually. Three years ago, I got a Google notification that Jacob Plummer, my name's spelled with a K, J A K O B. I made that mistake once. Yeah, and only once. Because I got a capital K back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other Jacob Plummer, Jacob with a K, is this uh, guy who lived in Texas. And three years ago, I got a notification that Jacob Plummer died in a car accident oh, in Texas. Yeah. And this guy was younger than I am, probably by five years. Um, and he was in high school when he oh, got in an accident. Terrible. And I have a Google alert set for my name. I'm not sure if anyone else does that. Of That's course, we do. Great. Uh, so I was <laughs> getting Google alerts that Jacob Plummer had died. And if anyone else had a Google alert on my name, they got that as well. Do you think so anyone very... else could possibly have a Google alert on your name? Your mom? Maybe parents. Yeah, sure. Okay. But it, but it is very strange to like get notifications. That you're dead? Yes. What are your parents' names? Tony and Edward. And Is that sort of Antonia, just Tony? Like Tony Collette? Tony, yeah. T-O-N-I. My grandfather's name is Anton. Uh, and he goes by Tony, oh, T-O-N-Y. So very West Side Story. So, yeah. So when they... Speaking of Ansel <laughs> When they had my mother, who was the fourth of five children... They said the kid would be named Tony regardless of gender. gender. Wow. That's how my mother Because gender is a construct. 
Um, sure is. <laughs> So, so said the Germans. <laughs> oh, boy. So, um, first of all, I, I'd like you to say a bit about why, who, what you're, well, hmm, where to start. Why don't you say what you're doing on this show and why we know one another, and then you can talk a little bit about where you're from. Sure. I do COVID compliance on this show. It's nothing special. It's nothing exciting. I think it's thrilling. It's just been a way for me to keep working since we all became out of work. Um, what was your first job post lockdown? As a, and did you pursue like, oh, maybe I can do COVID compliance? I was asked to do it because I work for an events company that's bi-coastal and the person they had doing COVID was covering all the events in LA. And so they needed someone to cover the New York events. So, they paid for me to be trained to do it. And my first event, very strangely, was a video that was filmed for McDonald's United States Conference. If wow. anyone's seen the show, Hot Hot Ones, Hot Wings. Oh yeah, where you sit and eat hot wings that get hot. Yeah, it was a, it was a version of that with chicken McNuggets, so sponsored by McDonald's. Mm. Um, when was the last time you had a chicken McNugget? Probably more recent than you think. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, are they, have they changed them to being like a solid piece of chicken or are they still kind of like ground up chicken? No, they're ground up chicken. Okay. But the point of this was the sauces and the host, whatever his name is, I can't remember, had done it via Zoom with the CEO of McDonald's, whoever, whoever that is. Um, so I, rich person. the first COVID work I did was that video shoot of the hot ones in New York with the host of the show. Cool. Yeah. And you just carried on from there. Just carried on. It's a uh, it, it's not a business people like to continue in on. Were you immediately confident about um about pointing out people's errors? How do you mean? The way in which you're very direct with everybody on the show just being like He's saying I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. I need you to put your mask on. I remember the first time you corrected me, and I was like, oh, that was that was Kurt. Mm. In a nice way. I mean, you weren't mean, but it just was like, oh, yeah. Because you were like... Well, you I think it's important to, like, just, uh, the phrase, nip it in the bud. You like, nipped it in the bud. Fix it right away. Because you said, if you, if I you need look you to, the other way... I need you to change your mask. And I, was, I didn't understand what you were talking about, because I just wasn't thinking. And you were like, yeah. you have to change your mask. I was like... All right, because we have to we have to put on special masks. Sure, yeah. If you take someone by surprise, or if you like lay down the law right away, you won't have problems with them the rest of the time. Were you concerned that I was rule breaker? No, it's like training puppies, though—a litter of puppies. Yeah. If you do it right at the beginning, then you know you only have to take them out three times a day. I'm pretty easily trainable in some respects. That's good. You can't train me to um. Learn about taxes. I can't be trained. I can't be trained to know about bank accounts. Which is odd, though, because taxes you literally have to do every year. You know, someone can do it for you, as it turns out. Someone could do everything for you. You can hire a housekeeper to do everything for you. That sounds wonderful. So why do you pay someone to do your taxes and not keep your house? Because I like cleaning my house and I don't like doing my taxes. Okay. Right? Mm. 
I don't think that logic holds for everything. You hired someone I'll to you paint have. your nails. You could have done it yourself. Yeah, because I've never done it. I, I was intrigued to learn. Oh, you are having all kinds of experiences. You've never done your like, taxes. So of course maybe I have done my taxes, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I don't know. You're from Ohio. From Ohio. And? Between, you've also lived in Ohio. That's right. For a, t- for a, a time. Some of our listeners will remember that. From Columbus, Ohio. I'm about an hour north of Columbus on 71, Interstate 71. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm not sure it's called an interstate. <coughs> highway? Because I think... Freeway? I think highway. Because I think interstate is multiple states. And 71 runs Cincinnati to Cleveland, not through multiple states. You know, I don't or it turns into 81 come Pennsylvania, so... You know this about It's not the, an interstate. I don't course. know about the roads in Ohio because I never got my <laughs> license. Doesn't have his license. No, I grew up in Ohio, lived in Ohio, went to college in Ohio, outside of Cleveland. Um, I liked Ohio, but it wasn't for me. Ohio's one of three states I got a driver's permit in. One of three? Yeah. <laughs> one of three. What are the other two? Michigan. When I was in high school, I got a permit, mm-hmm. and then I took driver's ed, but by the end of the course, they'd made some rule that if you're not a state resident, you can't get your license, and mm. I was, you know, my family was out of state. I was just a boarding school student, and then Ohio, I got a permit. I was getting lessons from a fellow company dancer, Becky Rodriguez, and then, I don't know what happened. Time ran out. I never got my license, and then in New York, I got a permit, and I was taking driving lessons just up to the pandemic, and then um, have been back since. Ooh. You bring up an interesting point of non-residents. You talk about anything on this podcast, right? Uh, Literally anything. Literally everything. Well, I came across a story today that was about a law that was overturned in Oregon about interstate things and death. Going back to death, death fascinates me just in general. Um, And there is physician-assisted suicide mm-hmm. in the state of Oregon. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, but sorry. the law up until this point has been you cannot travel into Oregon to do it. You cannot be an out-of-state resident. Oh, so you have to kind of like move to Oregon to do it. Correct. You have to establish residency. How long is does that take? Hurdles. I have no idea. I don't know the specifics. Don't you just kind of have to get some mail there? Maybe it takes like six months. I think it takes more for this because it's an intense process mm-hmm. to, to go through uh, physician-assisted suicide. Yeah. Um, it shouldn't be that hard. Correct. And the good thing about Oregon is this, they just retracted it. There are several places that tried to, or that were threatening to sue them and started lawsuits about this. You know, for people who live on the border, if you're like two miles from the border of Oregon and you live in Washington... And you're not allowed to do this because you live two miles from the border. Uh-huh. Like, that's that's pretty ridiculous. So the state of Oregon is uh, slashing that from the law they created. So, so now, you can just they've open borders for death. Uh, you, I, 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 they're not saying it is open borders, but you don't have to be a resident. Oh, that's nice. Of the state of Oregon, to get a physician-assisted suicide in the state of Oregon. Good to know. 
It's just good, like, you know. I think those are good practices. Yeah. You shouldn't have had to be a resident of Michigan to get a driver's license where you can drive in every other state. Why did it matter what state you lived in to get it in Michigan? Look, right? the, the law changed mid-driver's ed. I can't explain to you why I wasn't in the legislature. But at any rate, I will get my license one day, and I hope that you're involved in the education. I bet you're a good driver. Um, I don't like driving. Oh, okay, never mind. I think I'm a good driver. I'm a fast driver. Oh, drive quickly. I drive very quickly. Do you think you're a bad driving teacher? No, I think I'd be a good driving teacher. But I do drive quickly. Okay. You know, my idea is like, just go as fast as you can and don't get caught. Oh, yeah. That's how I feel about walking. But I don't like driving because... Driving is the only time I feel I can't control my own stress levels. Oh. You're stuck in a car and others' actions in their cars, whether that's like honking a horn or being passive-aggressive on the road, going cutting in front of you. These are all things that make you very angry and you can't express that because you're kind of locked in a box. Uh, yeah, you can't actually yell at the person directly. Correct. Have you expressed road rage towards people through your window? Have but what of, does it do? That's where I'm like, it feels very contained and very like have problematic. Have you tailgated? Is that what that's calling? Where you, where, you, where you get up really close? No, I never have. What's and that that's, called? That's called... I I thought tailgating is where you have a picnic out of your trunk or whatever. That is tailgating. I know what you're talking about. I feel like maybe it's also called tailgating. Okay. You don't do that. No, I don't. Like, you don't need to get back at people, but then... I'm the one who has to suffer because it's on me going like. Now I'm angry because of this other person's actions and I can't say anything to them. Okay. Other than honking and put myself in a life-threatening situation. Uh-huh. Right? Like uh-huh. the only way you could get back at someone is to right. put yourself in a life-threatening situation. I'm dissociated from this conversation as a non-driver. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love sleeping in cars. It's a passion of mine. That's fair. Do you sleep on transportation? Not in cars, but on planes I do, with the help of Klonopin. What about a bus? What about a train, the Amtrak? No. Why? I read. Oh, okay. Because usually we're talking four hours or less on a train. Yeah, I'm not taking it across country. Crazy yeah, things no, about. I think the only thing I can sleep on is a plane. Okay. But not even for a long period. I can't sleep overnight on a plane. Hmm. If I were to take a red eye, I'm not going to sleep on most of that. Wow. I can't, I don't, I sleep intermittently on planes, but I, I fall asleep generally before the plane takes off. Yeah, yeah, same. And then I, um, I'll try to watch something and then fall asleep or, you know. I'm a stomach sleeper. Oh, dear. So that doesn't do well All for All the me. way on your stomach. Yeah. With your head twisted. Mm-hmm. Which way? To the left. I switch. Incredible. I'm like an owl. Wow. (laughs) Stomach sleeper, you know, it's not recommended by physicians. And here I am. Still alive. Still alive, healthy. I have no problems. Okay. Um, that we know of. Your skin's great. No problems with my neck. Okay. Which is what the problem would be, right? I suppose. As a stomach sleeper. Any spines stuff? 
No, I have good posture. I think you can. No, not not postural, just pain. No, no pain. Okay. I like to like hug hug a pillow and like sleep on my stomach. I guess I always have. So maybe my spine is just adapted as a child. And were you a performing child? Yeah, I was in things as a child. I have four siblings. We were all in things. And together? Yeah, the sometimes Von Trapp together. family singers? Basically, I think the first thing I ever performed in, um, my sister was a freshman in high school and they were doing Peter Pan. The Bernstein Peter Pan? Or I the, couldn't the, fucking tell you. I don't know. I bet it was the other one, the Mary Martin one. Right, we're Mary- I won't grow up. Yeah, that's the Mary Martin. Okay. I don't know who wrote that, but Bernstein wrote a lovely Peter Pan. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yes, not the Bernstein one. And so she was, I couldn't, uh, couldn't tell you what she was in it, but I was a young child. I was in kindergarten, and I have a brother who at the time looked like my twin, so we were the twin lost boys. How much age difference? Two years. Older or younger than you? He's two years younger than I am. And you look like twins. We did at the time. Is he now much taller than you? He's now much taller and much bigger than I am. Mm-hmm. He's about 70 pounds heavier than I am. My, he's my, a, my. He's a big, he looks like a football player. He's a big boy. Yeah. I was I'm say, pretty like tall and lean and scrawny. Tall and lean and scrawny. Boy. Yeah. But you're describing yourself for the listeners. I look like, like, yeah. Well, I don't think you're that tall. I think you're normal height, and I, I wouldn't call you scrawny. Mm. That's not nice. Well, compared to my brother. Yeah, Burley. <laughs> Burley, yes. Yeah. Burley's a, a euphemism for my brother. <laughs> Caleb. Caleb with a K. That's his name. Jacob and That's a K. Caleb. German. Anything Family. else? Any, who else is there? Kate with a K. Okay. This is an obsession. Not, and a Megan Emily. No K's or C's in it. Megs. Um, and Emily, because there's a lot of you. There are, sure. And if I saw you in a lineup, would I, get, would I be like, these are the plumbers? No. I actually think we all look pretty different. Okay. I think I look like my oldest sister, Emily. And you're basically like one of those Russian nesting dolls of your brother. No, not at all. <laughs> you're the next size. I mean, exactly. he's like several sizes. He's the big one. He's the than baby. Than the we don't, we'd be like from different sets, maybe. Oh, okay. Visually. But on the same, you know, market plots in sure. Germany. Wow. Okay, so you did some performing <clears throat> on the school stages. Yeah. By the time you got to college, you said, no, thank you. Yeah, so I actually went to one audition in college because I wanted to still be a performer. And I was so humiliated in this audition. Why? Uh, the, the professor was a bitch. She was rude. What did you do for your audition? I couldn't tell you. I, I literally blocked it. What was the structure of the audition? Did you have to have something prepared? Yes. Come in with a song and a monologue. I believe that's what it was. Um, and I was humiliated and I walked out and I Oh, God. How are these people going to do this the rest of their lives Humili- every day? <laughs> well, that is the question, isn't it? <laughs> and so I said, well, I'm not going to be one of those idiots. But you just wanted to watch them be embarrassed. That was your passion. No, I, they, they were looking for an assistant stage manager on one of the fall shows, Moon Over Buffalo. In college. In college. 
and I go, oh, I'll give it a try, so at least I'm doing something. I want to be working on uh-huh. the show. And that was the first time I was working as a stage manager, and I was like, oh, I like this because I'm still in the room. I get to still interact with everybody, mm-hmm. and it's a more mathematical uh, task list, which is how my brain functions. Right. Order. Correct. But apparently you're not a neat person. Um, I am in my work. I'm very neat in my work. I'm not neat in my everyday life. Like your drawers aren't particularly neat. No, my drawers are neat. No. Oh. Yeah. My so drawers are neat. I like to like leave things out. And then I get in like cleaning frenzies when I put things away. And I'll stay up like n- late at night cleaning all at once. Like cleaning or organized? Both. Wow. Manic episodes, it sounds like. You've moved yeah, an anxiety yeah. disorder. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> um, and um, what I know from you from the short time we've known each other is that you don't care much for dance. That's true. I think I said specifically ballet. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. But I just wanted to point that out in case people are here to yeah, hear about sure. dance because we won't be talking too much about dance. Dance and things. As you Dance know, Dance and things. We hear sing that little t- jingle again. Really? Yeah. Would you like to try to sing it with me? Yeah, but first you. Okay, so I'm going to do it once and then we'll sing it together. Yeah, sure. And when we sing it together the second time, I'm going to harmonize a little. Okay. So you better hold on to the but melody. But then go slowly with the melody. Okay, you ready? Yep. What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? Okay, ready. Uh-huh. What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and stuff? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? Wow, excellent job. Yes. What Come on. You have amazing, I told you I used incredible to retention. <laughs> I have a good memory. I once memorized the digits of pi. Up to? Like 112. No. Dead serious. It's like in Galleon, Ohio, you can go to the high school math room. I'm, I'm literally a permanent marker on the wall for how many. Unless in, in the years since, everyone has blown me out of the water. But 112 is a lot of digits to memorize. That's insane. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. You have a high performance brain. Yep. Um, I, I don't know that I do. Now that jingle's stuck in my head. That's okay. <laughs> my brain performs highly in certain areas. I have my what IQ. areas? Um, it is musical in that way. Like I had my IQ tested by a friend of mine who's doing a. Um, um, uh, I'm so sorry. A doctoral program in psychology and had to do some IQ tests to practice. And I was a victim, and I sat down for basically two hours with them and did this test. And there was a part of the test where he would say, I'm going to read a sequence of numbers, and then you have to read them back. And you have to say them back to me. Mm-hmm. And he'd be like, two, five, eight, twelve, uh, and so on and so forth. And um, each time he would do one, it'd become a longer sequence of numbers, though a different sequence of numbers. And that was very... I did very well at that, though I wasn't sure I was doing well, but it was it was more like musical memory for me, because it wasn't, wasn't like I was seeing the numbers, I was just like parroting back the sound of it in a way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I have that kind of 
ease of memory, but then I have terrible memory for events. I have a terrible memory for, you know, I have a good memory for movie stars' names, and I don't know why. Hmm. And dancers' They're names. important people in this world. Well, that's what we're talking about today, isn't it? <laughs> important people, or movie stars. Movie stars. A la Oscars. A la Oscars. You have to get to the Oscars. Right, so we've established that both Jacob and I have incredible IQs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but we're going to talk about the movies. Yeah. Though, I have to say, I didn't see a lot of the movies this year. Yeah, I didn't watch them all either, but I did see more than you. We've, we've discussed Because you more. pride yourselves, <clears throat> yourself, yourselves, because you are multiple. <laughs> you contain multitudes on seeing all the movies every year. Sure, yes. And you didn't succeed this year. No, you know, it's COVID times. Are you uh, so going to the theater? Things that aren't... I tend to go to the theater, yes. I won't. Okay. So it's uh, it's harder for the things that aren't streaming. I call you a COVID officer. That's wrong. Yeah, don't... We're not supposed to say officer. What are you? Supervisor? I'm a supervisor. Officer's more fun. Monitor is the word. People don't like to use the word officer these days. Oh, right, right, right. Because... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know who's a police officer? Who? My brother. (gasps) Now I know. Yeah. Jack. Jack. Yeah. Jack Bartleby. Well done with the pronunciation. (laughs) And my sister-in-law, Maria, is probably listening. Hi, Maria. Hey. Maria. Also, hi, Christine Darch. Thanks for continuing to listen. I can't imagine how you're doing it. Is that a big fan? No. Christine is... I mean, maybe. (laughs) But Christine is a... A wonderful costume designer who I just ran into in San Francisco. She's working on a Dwight Roden ballet. That'll be on the same program as one we're doing. And you just forced me into the corner saying I don't like ballet. Knowing there are ballet listeners. Nobody cares. Thank God. Yep. Back to the movies. Everybody loves movies. That's universal. Yeah, so I, so we have a... But what did we... We realized we, we both saw Power of the Dog. Mm-hmm. We both saw West Side Story. You didn't see Coda. I watched half of Spencer. Was that nominated? Only she was. Oh, interesting. Hmm. And what else was there that we both Dune. saw? Dune. We both saw Dune. I, I saw, I fast forwarded through Tick, Tick, Boom. Was that nominated? I saw that, but I had a weird relationship with, with that movie. Why? Because musical theater? No, I saw it on a night that I learned that a friend died. So. Oh, I'm so sorry. And it's, the movie's about Dying. Dying. <laughs> yeah. So I spent the second half of the film after taking the call about the death, like just like crying. Yeah, and I I couldn't actually tell you what happened in the second half of the movie, even though I sat watching it because I wanted to like continue with my life. Well, um. So I kind of watched it. Right. He that. he doesn't make it to the premiere of Rent. Uh, yeah. Damn. It's okay. What other? You didn't see Draw My Car. I did not, but you did. <clears throat> Just great film. We both saw The Worst Person in the World, which yes. was not nominated for Best Picture. No, but, but Best Screenplay. Oh, and Best Something Else. Foreign Film. Correct. Um, I saw Cruella. I started Cruella. Funny enough, I've worked with one of those actors. I love Mark. Well, I don't know who you're talking about. Um, Who's Mark? 
Well, I've had a drink and I can't remember his name. He should have won the Tony back in 2015. Which one was he? He's the owner of the house at the beginning. When the whole problem happens. When she's a little kid. What? Cruella. Uh-huh. Right? She goes with her mother uh-huh. to this castle and causes the problems castle. for the Dalmatians. Oh, and there's a costume party, correct? Well, yes. Oh, I know who you're and talking about. And it's the about. owner. He's a bald he, man. And he's handsome. He's gorgeous. And we, Yeah, we love him. Yeah. He's great in the movie. He's a great he actor. He ends up saving the day. Well. You wouldn't know. I wouldn't know because I didn't keep watching. Yeah, we love him. Maybe I will. Is he British? Uh, he is, yes. Unlike, you know, some other American actors who just do British accents. Listen, I watched Spencer through the whole thing, and I loved it. I'm not mad at her. You only watched part of it. I fell asleep. I was on a plane. Oh, okay. I didn't even take a clonopin. I've never taken a clonopin. Really? No. Well? What's it like? Um, well, I take it because I find airports very anxiety-inducing. Mm-hmm. Well, very much, yeah. So I actually take it for the airport, not for flying. I can't deal with the people in airports yeah. and sitting and waiting in the second they're like now boarding and everyone runs up and stands in line and pushes each other. That's like, I just sit and wait until they're like the bitter end calling plumber. Wow. And I'll be like, okay, that's, that's me. I'll go. <laughs> that's um, me. Yeah. Cause I just want to be able to walk on the plane, set my bag and get going. I kind of go when they call my group just cause I want to. The idea of being the last person on the plane. I just don't like standing in between them. Do you want to know why? When you're on the plane and you're sitting there and you have an open seat next to you and the plane is pretty much all boarded and you think, well, now I've done it. I'm going to make it without getting a seat partner. And then that one horrible person walks onto the it's plane me. really late and they sit next to you and you think, what? It's me. But how lucky is that person to sit next to me? Well, uh, look, if it were you, that's one See? thing. Yeah, but it's never you. So maybe I just... It's never you. Go out. Um, okay. Anyways, we're talking about the movies. <laughs> Are you okay? I'm great. Okay. The movies. So, the Oscars. The, the Oscars. Now, I missed the beginning of the Oscars. I was out at a lovely meal with my friends Meredith and Brett at Zuni Cafe in San Francisco. But then... I showed up um, before Best Supporting Actor when that um, man from CODA won. Troy. Troy Custer? Custer? And that was a very moving speech, and the person translating was crying, and that was really nice. Mm-hmm. Even though we couldn't, they were off camera. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that was a good part of the Oscars. I hadn't seen the movie. Had you? I did. You did? I, did. I, I thought the movie was fine. I thought it was like emotionally based trying to pull at our strings rather than like a great script. Like Patch Adams. Yeah. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. They were manipulating us. I don't like a manipulative movie. That's what I felt it was. Okay. I mean, sometimes I fall victim to a manipulative movie. You know, it happens. Sure. Sometimes I wonder if my favorite movie, Men Don't Leave, is manipulative. It no. might be. Mm. But also, maybe it's not. Maybe I'm going to need you to see it so we can discuss. Oh, yes, certainly. Can that be another night for us? Sure. Really? Sure. I have to watch it fast. I'm out of town by April 10th. We have more than a week. Uh, you expect that I'm just going to watch that sh- movie one night? No, I'm going to watch it with you. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, it's movie night. 
Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, oh, gotcha. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Because I'm still going to be living here. Right. And you'll be living somewhere else. Correct. In the same place you've been before the Airbnb? Correct, yes. Okay. Well, that's good to know it's not so far. No, not far at all. Anyways, so I got there for that. I missed the Ariana DeBose win, but I went back and watched her speech on YouTube, and she did thank our costume... Wait, am I allowed to say that? Yeah, sure. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he, folks, Reed literally said to me that he said, I can say anything I want on this podcast. I know, but then I got scared Conflicting for a second. With, am I allowed to say this? Our costume associate on dancing is is the wife of or in a... In a Long-term long romantic partner. partner partner of Ariana DeBose. Gay Academy. lovers. Gay lovers with Ariana DeBose, Academy Award winner. And so um, that was exciting, and she said thank you to Sue, and I that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you ever been mentioned in a... Certainly in not. In acceptance speech? No. Hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> Have you? No, but I would almost advise someone against it if I feel that's a possibility. Thanking you? Yeah. Why? I just don't like that kind of attention. They wouldn't know who they were talking about. And thank you so much to Jacob, you know. What the hell did I do? Sorry, at the end of the day, what did Sue do for her to perform? Okay. I'm I'm warning you now that if Harry and I win any awards for dancing, <coughs> you're going to definitely be thanked. Yes, because I kept you alive. You did. You absolutely kept us alive. And you kept us abreast of how Broadway works, you know? For the most part. Well, certainly, I mean, there are things we don't know yet, but you've taught us things that we did, many things that we didn't know a week ago. Then I'll accept the appreciation in your speech. Will you? <clears throat> sure. You won't feel weird about it? Um, I can't say that, but... I'm going to call you the, I'll still accept the COVID compliance officer. Don't you dare. <laughs> don't you dare. And last of all, we just want to thank Jacob Plummer, the COVID compliance officer from Danson. Thank you for everything. That's what we're going to say. <clears throat> Ew. I think it's gorgeous. Um, so then we kept watching the Oscars. What happened after that? Oh, they did some design things. Right. The woman from Cruella won and mm -hmm. the woman from, from Cami Faye won for makeup. And lots of... Dune winners. Dune swept all the technical awards, <clears throat> which I was glad of because they deserved mm -hmm. it. And um, Jessica Chastain got up and made a very actressy speech. That was at the end. The second to last award. Yeah. You really flew to the end of I'm this sorry. Thing. What did I miss? <laughs> you missed this. Jane this Campion. Oh, the punch. Down. Yeah. The punch. And Jane, of course. Jane. And also... Only the second woman so, to win this. I thought that Wanda Sykes' bits weren't so funny, but I thought that Amy Schumer was, was really funny. Oh, I liked them all pretty equally. Amy Schumer had a leg up because she had the last jokes of the night. She really did. And she got to joke about something horrible that had happened. Yeah. That's like great fodder for a comedian. That's true. So she did have the advantage. I went back and watched her opening speech wearing that great black dress with the trompe l'oeil bow, with the sparkly bow. And um, I thought her, her monologue was really funny. I can't remember what she said, but I thought it was great. Yeah. And I'll watch it again. Good. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that was, she really got to do that funny bit when she came back in after the punch. Yeah. She was like, feels different in here. 
Yeah, exactly. That was great. Um, okay, so that, how do you feel about that? Should we talk about it? I don't know. We're two white guys talking about But I mean, I think it would be, you said something interesting to me about it, didn't you? At dinner, sure. Oh, okay. Is that private for dinner? No, we could talk about it here. That you feel... I'm happy to defend You said... Verbiage. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh-huh. I you will. Said, yeah, you said um, <laughs> that you thought it would do people good to be physically abused more often. Yes, and I would find, <laughs> find to that. Because I, I, I thought about it more, you know. I heard stories growing up about my, my father, like, getting punched at school, etc. <laughs> I think to a degree, like, our society has completely moved away at a young age. I'm talking hypothetically like middle school or elementary school to high school. We've moved away from any sort of physical aggression at that age into mental and psychological aggression at that age. You know, kids used to fight on the playground. You don't think they're doing that anymore? No, I think a lot of it's... They all have phones. So they're just looking at their phones. They're texting, they're... Manipulating uh-huh. each other. Right? Do you think yeah. siblings are torturing each other from separate rooms now with their phones? I think to a degree, sure. Wow. Because you know that you can humiliate someone yeah. via a text or what you say to them. And I think that has... I think we assume that as a society to be less harmful. And I don't actually think it is. I think it's more harmful because... Uh, Things are more harmful when you can't see them. Right. Um, and, yeah, so, so part of me is like, I, I feel like the problem is some people could really use to get punched in those. Sure. Sure, sure. All right. I, don't, I could I mean, be, I look, could have I, used to be punched in middle you school. You definitely needed to be punched in middle school. Yeah, Bring because you look at me now. Just high on your horse. Never <laughs> right. got knocked down. That's no, too late. Well, I only got punched in the face when I was 40, so it took a long time. <laughs> but a complete random act of violence, which at dinner you were suggesting that that's what I had meant. Right, that but that wasn't We should meant. go around random acts of violence. Right. Chaos. No, not at all. I'm saying, like, if someone calls you the name on, a name on a playground, that kid should be beat to hell. Not be. <laughs> this is my Midwestern coming through. That kid should get hit, you know. All right. Hit them. If someone calls you a name in middle school, hit them back. Like everyone needs to learn their lesson. So what happens is you're learning that and figuring out how to talk about it in middle school and high school, and you're not a forty-five-year-old man on the stage at the Oscars feeling you need to hit another. 45-year-old man. Well, well, I'm going to... I have um, bad news for you. They're not 45. Chris Rock is almost 60. Oh, my God. Yeah, he just looks incredible. Wow, wow, wow. Um, That's just my opinion on the matter. I understand that. I do. Um, I don't know where I fall on that. Uh, Did your parents hit you? We got spanked, sure. And I knew my mother would spank me harder than my dad would. Oh. We got our mouth washed out with soap. Yeah. Um, and one time, 
No, because I don't fully remember the details accurately, and I'd hate to, I'd hate to say something inaccurate. Well, I have a bunch of friends who now have kids. I'm at that age, and kids that are now turning into actual kids. And I have to say, like, people are not hitting their kids anymore. No, they aren't sort of physically. Um, Spanking is considered bad that you're right. raising your child. Yeah. And I, you know, I haven't read the parenting books, but I was certainly yanked around a bit, ears pulled. My mom wasn't much of a spanker, but I was spanked by other relatives. And um, I am, I'm made to feel, I feel very uneasy around kids who don't listen. <laughs> yes, because they're terrors. It's right. no different than a mouse problem. Uh, you, you can't get rid of it's it unless you different. kill it, right? It's somewhat different than a mouse problem. No, not really. They don't listen to you unless you set a trap and uh-huh. fix it Murder for good. them. But you're not uh-huh. allowed. <laughs> set them free in a park. It's like a mouse problem. Okay. Okay, go on. I don't know where to go from there, <laughs> really. You don't like kids who don't listen. I don't like boundaryless children I, I my memory of being a child is that when our mother said no we stopped mm. my memory is that when we were misbehaving and she needed to set a boundary if we were at her friend's house or wherever like the th- her threats were immediately kind of reacted to Sure. In the affirmative. You know, we were like, oh yeah, we, we better not. Yeah. And those, that's because she laid out really firm boundaries from really early on. Yeah. And it's not like we were being beaten, but we also knew that there was like threat. There was <laughs> threat of, yes. you know, the mother's disapproval. Sure. And that was powerful. Yeah. I told this story recently to two of, our, two of the cast members in our show. This um, show? In this show. Dancing? Yeah. Um, because they have young children. And I told them a story that, uh, you know, as one of five, my mother used to lock us in our rooms. Whoa. And we lived in a, a pretty old house, so she would unscrew the door handles. What? So she would lock the door and unscrew so we couldn't get out. Ooh, lock it from the outside. Correct. Wow, those are some fancy doors. Well, I mean, like, it, it was the same doorknob on both sides, so if you unscrewed, it was like a handle and a rod connecting them, so you could remove it, so it was just only worked on the outside. Oh, wow. <clears throat> um, so that would be punishment sometimes. And what, what did you do to provoke such punishment? Oh, my God, who knows? You were bad. Yeah, I mean, like, you do bad things as a child. How old are we talking? Oh, this happened at least through elementary school, fifth, sixth grade. Little. My brother was was worse behaved than I was. The big one. Yeah. And he was definitely like, he wanted to test every last limit. Um, Do you get along? We do now, yeah. We We have a pool in our backyard. And we live right next to a YMCA. So at one point, my brother had done something that really pissed my dad off. And so my dad chased him out of the house. And my brother realized.
realized, oh, I can run around the pool and he'll never catch me. You can't catch someone by chasing them around a pool, especially a child versus an adult. The child will always be able to outrun an adult. What? Around a pool. Really? Yes. Why? Oh, because adults are so slow. I know Going, me. Like, circles around a pool? Sure. No, you'd never catch I'm a I'm really, I've got very long legs. I have no, a huge gait. Not a kid that's in middle school. You're not going to be Oh, interesting. Run. I haven't been around kids like that. And so he would start shouting. My brother would start shouting. Don't beat me. Don't hit me again. Well, there were people at the YMCA and I'd walk <laughs> by the street. Clever. And my father got so angry. And he goes, you have no idea what beating is before I catch you. Incredible. And, and then he drowned him in the pool. <laughs> no, but like, that's, I mean, like, kids will learn. And like, you know, we'd, we'd run out there. Our backyard had a gate. And eventually, I think my brother, like, ran out the gate and, like, knew he didn't have to come back until, like, late at night. He would come back for dinner. And he'd be in trouble then. But at the same time as a kid, you knew, oh, if it's three hours later that I'm coming back. He'll have cooled down a little bit. He won't be so angry. Right. I'll still get in trouble, sure. But not in the way I would have had he caught me chasing me around a pool <laughs> as I was screaming, don't beat me. I'm still so the stuck neighbors on get not being able to catch a kid. Yeah, I said, no one would be able to catch a kid. No one? Cer no, not circling a pool. Are you kidding? No, I, I'm <clears throat> not kidding. Kids are so fast. I didn't and know have that. so much energy. They do have that. You cannot out-energize someone who's older than 10. <laughs> <laughs> ten, right. 10 to 20. I don't think you can beat that energy. Oh, boy. I don't even remember. I do remember that feeling of there is no limit to how fast I can run when I was a young person. Yeah, exactly. Especially if Someone was chasing you to to beat you, to spank you. My, my, my. You'd run even faster. I don't think... I, I think when I was about to get in trouble, I kind of dealt with it. Mm. To run from it only meant that the punishment would be worse. Interesting. And I didn't live in the country. There was nowhere to run. Oh, sure. Yeah, I lived in the country. Yeah, you could run. You could run. Run far away. Anything else of note at the Oscars? Hmm. Well, I really didn't agree with Coda winning Best Picture. That's pretty lame. Yeah, no, I would I have given seen it. it. I would have given it to. Personally, if I had been a voter, I'd have voted for Dune. I think at the end of the day, that was the best filmmaking. Uh, amongst a, those options. That was a movie. It was a great movie. And as I said to you yesterday, can you really have the best ingredients and not bake the best pie? Versus, can you have the best pie with just blase ingredients? Well, actually, that's in, I mean, I don't know if your pie analogy holds up because you can certainly have really expensive, beautiful ingredients and make a shitty pie. But if you're making a pie using like excellent skills you can make a great pie with trash <clears throat> but like dune was great elements into great pie all together 
I, look, I agree. Yeah. I don't know about this pie analogy, though. But now I, I love a good pie. Oh, I take it back, but this is just me thinking quickly. I understand. It was beautiful. But Coda was not, like, the best ingredients all around. Like, the right. script wasn't great, in my opinion. It, it did win an award. And even it, the so. pie wasn't what you're saying. The pie itself wasn't that great. Yeah, a lot of the... A lot of the acting, it, it all felt contrived to me, the film did. Mm. And it's hard when you see, you know, when you watch international films, when you have a greater depth of understanding of all the films, you kind of see things, you know. The last film you and I both saw this season was an incredible film, all things, you know. The acting was incredible. The script was incredible. The format in which it broke down the script into 12 chapters was incredible. They did unique cinematography where they froze everybody at one point. Yeah. Everything about that movie was brilliant. And you, you really got to see great filmmaking that doesn't get the same appreciation because it's a Norwegian film. Right, but... You know, the Oscars is so inconsistent because then they gave, they honored Parasite that year, which is a Korean film. Sure. They gave it everything. Sure. It was a great film. Because you really have to get people hyped up about things. Right. And people weren't as hyped up about the worst person in the world. But, you know, enough so that we saw it. Yeah. It got enough hype to get to do nominations. To landmark is, cinemas in North San Diego. Yeah. So that, that's hard. When that's the last thing you see, and then you watch the Oscars. Right. You, you know, it's kind of... It's hard. Yeah. You I didn't see this Tammy Faye movie. Did you see that? I did see the Tammy Faye movie. Do you think Jessica Chastain deserved that award? I do think it was well-deserved. Interesting. And I was skeptical. I, I didn't like... I mean... I, and I, I say that only having watched Jessica Chastain's other work. I think if I had watched that and never seen her perform, I'd have gone, eh. But having seen all her other all work her other and then watching work. this, you go, oh, damn, that's good. She's getting better. <laughs> no, more so like it's just very different for her. Right. So then you can, you can call it acting because right. it seems out I of the see. ordinary. I see. Um, I'm sorry, I'm just getting like my legs got a little cold. That's fair. Um, I went to San Francisco over the weekend and um, I was cold, so cold. I, the, the whole time I was just chilled to the bone. It's cold there. It's so cold. It's cold in a different way than anywhere else. I love San Francisco but I always forget that like I'm going to be cold. Yeah. I've been there many times but it's not my favorite place. No? No. I think it's because of the weather. Cold. Yeah. Wet and cold. Wet, yeah, never wet really... cold towels. But also it's it's neither of those things. It's also never like... It's not actually cold. Right. And it's actually not wet either. It's, well, it's not raining it's and it's not snowing. So it's not sexy like you're in like Seattle or something. Seattle is not sexy. What are you talking about? I don't know. Visually it seems. Have you been there? No. Oh, I lived there for From two afar. years. And San Francisco also makes you walk all those hills. <laughs> okay, you. I'd love for you to take a trip to Seattle and get back to me. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> Ugh. Could go whale watching and see. The moment you get off a plane in Seattle Hall, you're going to see your, like, tie-dye neck rests. Oh, I, God. I know. At any rate, um, for all our Seattle listeners, I adore you. Um, hello. <clears throat> I, you know, I've had a, I had a bad personal experience in Seattle. Um, so, so now he's trying to paint Ma, his experience onto uh, what I will possibly experience in the future. Which is going to be an incredibly sexy time in Seattle. It could be. No. Could be. No. <laughs> um, so the Oscars, what else happened? This set was incredibly ugly for the Oscars. Yeah, David Corrin's. We know this person? Hamilton. Designed Hamilton. Well, I have nothing nice to say about famous. Hamilton. <laughs> uh, but now he's like very famous in the I design the Oscars sort of way. Well. He's no Derek McLean for all you set people out there. Did Derek also design the Oscars? He has in the past. More elegantly more than elegant. David Corrin's did. This was trash. Also, there was during one of the speeches, I don't know if anyone noticed this, but there were short-circuiting lights on the set right behind that because they were all fluorescent lights or LEDs and one was uh, uh, one was like blinking and clearly a circuit issue on it that was like oh, this speech? seems like very it was towards the end I think it might have been Jessica or oh. or Jane were there any announcers that you were particularly excited about? Oh, no, but I was heartbroken over Liza. That was hard. It was hard. It was very hard. That was I I think that Liza, if Liza had been alone, I think that whole thing would have gone better than, or even if she'd been sent out by a handler. But I think that being with Lady Gaga was troubling for everybody. Sure, but that happened years ago. They sent Betty White out. On her own for an award ceremony. Uh-huh. That she just kept talking and talking. And then they couldn't get Oh, I love that. Or two years ago, it was like Kirk, uh, Kirk Douglas. Who like yeah. comes out. And you're like, oh my God. Like, you can't really you're just like watching like them that. struggle the whole time. So yes, you want to send with someone who can guide along. But you're right. Lady Gaga didn't handle that well. Because they always tell you with someone who's lost their mind. Well. Yes, and... I have to say, Anthony Hopkins gave the most incredible, spontaneous feeling performance of a cue card speech that I have ever seen. One would have thought that he was just slowly pulling it out of thin air. It was amazing. He's a great actor. Truly. Yeah. He won last year. For the Pope movie? No. For the father. The one where he loses his mind? Yeah. I didn't see that. It's worth it to watch I his bet. performance. He's great. He is a great actor. You know, he's a pianist too. Is he? Check out his Instagram. I won't do that. I might do that. You would. You'd I'd... enjoy it. Okay. Um, who announced Best Picture? It was Eliza. Eliza. Oh, that's right. Right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, because she yelled Coda. Coda! Yeah. Coda! Yeah, that was. How do you feel about Uma Thurman and John Travolta with his new bald head? I like that, but to be honest, I've never seen Pulp Fiction, and I've tried to watch it so many times. Oh, what's the what happens? What's the problem? I just don't. I I don't get the appeal. 
I struggle with Quentin Tarantino because I, I don't like those revenge porn fantasies. And I don't fully hate them. I like Kill Bill. I enjoyed uh, Django Unchained. I Django. Django. Django Unchained. Django. Django. Um, oh, we're lengthy. 55 minutes. This has <clears throat> flown by, hasn't it? Sure has. I can't believe I've held my bladder this whole time. I've had to pee for quite some time. You're absolutely welcome to get up and pee during this podcast. No, 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 no. Uh, I think I talk faster. Oh, you just get it all over with. Yeah, exactly. Um, No, so I like some... How do you feel about the... Hollywood one? Hated it. The Hollywood one? Oh, once upon a time. Oh, I see. I was changing subjects. Oh. How do I feel? (laughs) I thought Brad Pitt looked great in that movie. Mm-hmm. Topless on a roof. Yeah. How'd I feel about what? How'd you feel about um, the song and dance number during the In Memoriam? Oh, no. no. As you would say, no. As I would say? Yeah, that's how you say no. No. You go, no. 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 Yeah. That's my, um, that comes from a, a video of Jessica Chastain in Cannes for Eyes of Tammy Faye being interviewed by a French journalist and they're saying to her like you know how how did the pandemic you know how did you handle the pandemic or blah 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 and she's like no don't make me cry I for two years I didn't see some of my friends no don't make me cry and she's doing the whole thing in some like crazy European accent really yeah because she's a great she's an actress and she can't help herself <laughs> Juilliard baby she's Juilliard you know I then no don't make me cry. Another one of the this is one of the other two podcasts I've done was with this woman thinks Angela, who is in her class at Julia. <laughs> Angela's not dissimilar to Lansbury. No <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to Jessica Angela will always say like she you know, it, it was uh Jessica has her career. And you're like, Can you imagine like being in a class like that with someone in college and then they go on to win an Oscar and have such a career? And you, honest to God, feel like you've been short-sighted. And you were sharing parts in college. (laughs) To Jessica Chastain. Don't make me cry. That, you know, people who go over to Europe and then suddenly they, 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 it's as if they've forgotten how to speak English. Yeah. Oh. Wow. (laughs) Sorry. That's from sleeping on your stomach. stomach. Absolutely. Um, Wow. It is. That's why. It's wonderful. I'm saying you probably couldn't hear this, but I could crack my neck pretty easily. I think they heard it. That's I did a lot of neck to movement do. today when they when the cast got their correction about that head roll in um Good Lord in Crunchy Granola. Yeah. Am I allowed to Come talk about see dancing. Dancing Sorry. Bob Fosse's dancing. Have you heard that weird audio thing that's outside of the theater? No. Oh, you never come over our way. Does it talk about the show? Yeah, it's like you're in Disney World and they're like, Bob Fosse's dancing. And then it gives you a little history and stuff. Fascinating. I know. I'll come over for a listen. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't know what else to say about the Oscars. It was fine. I, I can't think of a winner that I was really jazzed up about. Yeah, nor can I. I think my Who favorite... Who won Best Actor? Oh, Will Smith. Well, I no, I was really I, when they were announcing best actor, I was like, God, let it be yeah, Will Smith. I said we need need him to get up and give a speech. And when he did, I thought, well, it's one thing to punch someone, but this speech is perhaps the craziest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Not the crazy. I mean, it, it'll be it'll be 
talked about for many years. Indeed, because he's, you know, God has has set him on his path towards punching people in the face. Yes. So he, yeah. And being a big, a being a movie chance. star. Yeah, being a movie star is rough, folks. Don't do it. Don't do it. People will make jokes about you. And if you do, do the Meryl Streep route. You know, drive yourself home to Connecticut from set. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sorry. I also, like, I, I have to go back because something... Where are we going? No, this, but early in the eve- earlier in the evening, a joke was made. Tonight? The Oscars. Okay. And Will Smith. He got very upset with a joke that was made towards his wife. Which I don't, I, I don't think was right, sure, but Christ, what if Ricky Gervais was hosting? Like, all intensive purposes, Chris Rock was pretty, like... Low-key. Correct. Anyway, earlier in the night, I don't know if everyone remembers this, that Regina Hall was making a joke about the available people, and Bradley Cooper brought him up on stage... Um, Simon What's-His-Name up on stage, Timothy Chalamet, they all came up on stage and she made a joke and she goes, Will Smith, oh, you know, I talked to Jada, you could come up as well. Because it's well known that he cheated on her. They've talked about this in the red table. Oh, available men. Correct. I got it, I get it. Correct. And that he's had uh, an affair before. So she makes a joke about this It says, you know, she has all these available men up there and then goes, oh, you know what, Will Smith, you can come up here too. Joking about that. Uh-huh. Like, to me, that's a pretty, like, intense joke as well, right? Yeah, and it also, like, it probes their personal life. Correct. So this is just where I'm kind of like, what, what is the, the line? What is the line? And how is someone supposed to know that line about you, right? Right. Like, because... That was fine for Regina Hall to make fun of him being an adulterer. Well, the line was that Jada looked upset when Chris made that joke. Sure. And that, but then that really triggered, that triggered Will. Behalf. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just a very fascinating thing. What was Will's Would reaction to Regina's joke? Would he have done that if joke? someone else told that no. joke? What was Will's reaction to Regina's joke? They both laughed. Ha ha. They both laughed. So I do ask if Regina Hall had made that joke, uh-huh. what would have happened? Interesting. That's, my, that's kind of the question I throw out into the world. If it was Regina Hall who had said the joke about G.I. Jane. Well, do you think that Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith and... And I have no idea what all their relationships are. No, and Chris are. Rock, do you think that there's some like weird tension there? Well, now there is. Sure. Who knows? Who knows before? It's just kind of like... I didn't know. Perfect storm. Well, it was a, it was a shock. Because we were watching it, and then things got glitchy. It seemed like yeah. a bit. And then, yeah, it seemed like a then, bit for a while. you know, Jack, formerly of the podcast immediately called and then sent a Japanese video of the actual sequence of events, which was wonderful. The internet, baby, you can't censor anything. Well, I immediately started Googling, like, Will Smith hits Chris Rock, and I I actually Googled something too soon, if you can believe it. That's never happened to me. Yeah. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to tell our listeners? 
I, I think not. Well, it's been really nice having you, and I'm amazed at how quickly you learned that song. Yeah. I need to hear the first, like, three notes, then I could sing it. What's going on? What's happening? What's going on? I mean, I love this interpretation. Something something similar. What's going on with dancing? Stop what's happening with dancing? Stop what's going on? What's happening? What's happening with dancing? Stop. Wow. Come on. (laughs) You're very close. Yeah. Um, well. Thank you. Jacob, um, we'll have another week if you want to record again next week. Yes, I'd be happy to. Really? Only if we watch that movie. Men don't leave. Big girls don't cry. Big girls don't cry. You know, we've had a whole episode about it. About men don't leave? Mm-hmm. Mm. But we could have another. Well, I first I have to watch the movie. Then I'll listen to the episode and be like, is there anything left? So I teased that um, someone would be returning to the podcast, but it's not what they expected. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Wow, what a, so di- what a disappointment. Is the, who is, what a disappointment. Who, who is disappointing all of our listeners right That's now? me. I'm, I'm disappointing everyone. Well, maybe not, you know, because if, if Jack had come back, that's sort of expected, right? It's far more expected. Well, if Jack had come back, there certainly would have been some disappointed listeners. <laughs> and also some, like, incredibly relieved listeners who've dealt with me the last 50 episodes just rambling well, they on as I listening. walk. <laughs> You're not wrong. Listenership is essentially gone, which I think is freeing. It's been freeing for me anyways. Listen, it doesn't matter if you listen or not. So listen, don't listen. What's great about this yeah, li- is it doesn't matter. Just like everything it's, else. It's an... It's a nothing matters kind of format, which is, that's the world of podcasts. You can put them online for free and people don't pay to to listen to them. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And that's what's incredible. So, uh, hi, Jeremy. Welcome back to the pod. Yeah, it's Jeremy. I'm I'm back. I'm I'm better um, than ever. And you're back in earnest, it feels like, because... You only you only popped up occasionally in the past as a voice, though you were unfortunately a, for yourself a listener. I was a of I all. was I listened the most. You truly. I did. listened often <laughs> live in the room, and then again over and, and over it, and over and again. until the edit was complete. <laughs> That you even edited it is at this point to me astonishing because I truly record it, don't listen to it, and just put it online. Yeah, I mean, but that, I think, I think, um, doing it all, doing it yourself, it's, it's easier when it's sort of your, your feel of responsibility for other people's stuff. You're right. Then you feel like you need to do more work. Yeah. You're like, I, I already talked. That's enough. So, I did my job. Yeah. Now I just want to post it via Anchor. This is an ad for Anchor. Sign up for Anchor if you want to don't, also do a podcast. Don't do it. Because they don't it. even <laughs> pay advertising anymore. They just stopped. They were like, yeah. We're gonna... Actually, don't get a podcast. It's a waste <laughs> of time. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I also like completely stopped listening to podcasts with the, with the pandemic. 
which is also part of why I lost oh, yeah. complete interest in making a podcast during the pandemic. I well, podcasts used to be. You're oh, on the street. Do you, no, I'm in. I'm in um, the park, Balboa Park, which is where it's essentially the street. Um, the, the old globe is in the park, and so I'm sitting on the edge of a kind of hedge maze park, but there is a parking lot next door to me. People, so, you know, it's all upset. kinds of, kinds of yeah. things. I'm sitting under some gigantic tree. And absolutely, it's absolutely, I couldn't tell you what kind Ugh. it is, but it's huge. I love a gigantic tree because and Alice I'm, in Wonderland. I'm in the shade. Did Alice go down a tree? Well, I, this is how I imagine it. I think, and this is what the Disney version, uh, oh, she falls asleep. Uh-huh. You know, they're like, you know, her and her sister or aunt or whatever, her nanny, uh, are picnicking or whatever, lounging about in the park next to the parking lot, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but does she fall asleep at the base of a tree or does well, she... Well, I think she falls what... asleep in flowers, I believe. Oh, and then when she's awoken by the rabbit or something and then she falls down a hole... Yeah, I don't remember exactly the sleep time. I think, you know, it's sort of a, a like, she falls asleep, we're not sure. We're left sort of wondering if she's asleep uh-huh. or, you know, we think she's woken up and, like, falls the, the rabbit, but that's, like, we're in the dream now, I guess. I see. <sighs> oh, my gosh. I was basically having a dream during the last fitting Harriet and I were in because I was dozing off. My eyes were closing because... It was an incredibly technical fitting where they're fitting these like blue cadet sort of suits on the dancers, and we were up to our third cadet suit, and I I, I was just like so I don't tedious. I can't, beyond beyond <laughs> tedious. I was just like I am gonna sit here while everyone else is taking this jacket apart and putting it back together. I was like I am tired. Yeah, um, well, there's two of you, so you can trade off being there are, awake. I said. I said, Harriet, are you okay? I'm going to go take a call. <laughs> a nap. <laughs> go I have a, a Zoom nap. meeting. I yeah. do. I literally am on what is not a Zoom with you. Yeah. I mean, this, but this, well, this um, is, this is real work. This is real. This is the real work. For you, it's the evening, right? It's five. It's five. Uh, is that evening? Um, yeah. And what does that look like in New York? Is it cold, cold? It is remarkably cold I have to say it's been cold for days I did a stupid thing which is that before I left it was warm more or less yeah and I said it's warm you know what spring's here I put my plants out on the fire escape and left Mm -hmm. town and now I'm like are they dead let's let's pretend that they're not dead do you think that plants can survive a freeze? I think they, like, probably can, no? It certainly depends on the plant. I, yeah. be- I believe well, in your plants. <laughs> you do. They seem to flourish outside. I don't know. They do flourish outside. I have a money tree um, that mm. uh, is doing well, but my rubber plant is not doing great. My, my plants also took a uh, hard downturn over the past month 
which I guess I did as well. Like we did it together and I felt like I was unable to take care of them in their time of need. You took a downturn? Yeah, you know, it's like the, the, what is it? I mean, February is, for me, is is the worst month. Yeah, we used to have a, um, an all-student body meeting at Interlochen Arts Academy, <clears throat> sort of a few months preceding February, just to explain <laughs> that it's going to get really bad. Right, because I, I, people think that, like, <laughs> January's the worst and then February, and I'm like, no, it's really February. February's the worst, so... It was. Yeah. February is rough. You were correct. But I actually, March was really hard for me for the first part. And then I got to come to California. Now it feels a little bit less hard, but it's, it's still really hard. Yeah. Until the clock changes, it's really hard. And apparently that's going to go away, which I think. Really? Like maybe we should make it go away even more. I don't know exactly how that works, but. (laughs) Yeah, let's just move the days into the nights and the nights into the days. You well, know? Let's I just yeah. sleep all night and Someone all day. Someone who wakes up at on the early side, I'm like, I want it really to be light. Well, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know how it works. I'm truly like, I just want to feel better. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you're welcome. You know, who are you thanking? Me or just the time? World? Time. And the, time. The sun. Thank you so much. Please shift like, the time. I just want the Thank sun so to be around. Sun. Yeah, I'm outside and it's full sun. There's not a cloud to be found. Um, and I'm grateful because all of where we do our fittings are windowless. That is, that is sad. Yeah. That's hard. There's a little peak of a window in the area where we do hair and makeup consultations. <laughs> yeah, absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Wait, I was gonna say something. Oh, I wanted to um. I wanted to discuss a little bit or ask some questions of you about what what we'd like to accomplish Mm. in the coming Mm. months and even years. (laughs) Right. Well, this years. Well, what we do know is that this can never end. Well, that's for sure. I mean, although I had I thought about (laughs) it because, you know, you and Jack left and then suddenly I was approaching 250 (laughs) episodes and there was a couple there was a couple where I almost, where I was dangerously close to forgetting to record. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this is a sign. This is a sign that like, perhaps I don't have it in me anymore yeah. to, to, to show up for this. But then to get that text from you yesterday morning when I woke up, I thought, wow, that's, that's huge. I love that. And what did the text say? It said, I want to be on see. the podcast let's again. See. Let's see. Let's see. Um, I said, I'd like to return to the pod. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. And um, I called you as soon. I was still in bed when I called uh, you. I was like, I know you're busy. Just give me a well. Talk about it. Luckily, I've been waking up at seven a.m. and have a little bit of time to you know think about things. Yeah. Eat yogurt, yeah. make coffee, and then you know Harry and I are in the car by nine. So oh my two goodness. hours, plenty of time. You're yeah. in the car as in what? You're a drive? You're being driven? We have it. Yes, Harriet and I have a Nissan Sentra, but that Harriet drives yeah. Yeah. and I sit I in think, the passenger I think seat. that's for the best. I was like, and re-driving around. We've decided, <laughs> no, no. Nissan Sentra is 
is our vibe. Yeah. It's like the right car right. for us. It feels really good. I have been um, the GPS guiding Harriet around, and the other day I accidentally was um, GPSing us via a walking route, mm-hmm. and we were suddenly driving down one-way streets the wrong way. Yeah. And people like hobos started yelling to us, "You're going the wrong <laughs> way." <laughs> My first time, I skipped school in high school and drove to Minneapolis, which was probably like my second, third time in Minneapolis at the age of 17. Um, wow. And found myself going down <laughs> one-way streets in the wrong direction. And? And, you know, this is like the time of maps, Actual paper maps. Yeah. And I'm trying to drive, and I truly can't imagine how I did it. I remember, well, it's like, like trying to get the map from, like, the, the kind of well where the passenger's feet go while driving. Uh-huh. And, like, feeling absolutely insane. And, like, this might be the end of my life. And, and yet here you are, some 20 years later, still living. Uh, with maps on a, on a TV in my hand. And, you, and, and your very own podcast that you can just go and come from. Come and go from? <laughs> it's a very luxurious existence. I will, I will admit to that. I'll always be here holding down the <laughs> fort. Putting something out every week. Do you think we're going to um, get more listenership as we get back into a more conversational podcast? I, I hope so. Well, even if we aren't always conversing and we're just... There'll be sounds. There will be sounds. Maybe that should be the name. <laughs> and my goal for you coming back is that I learn something about visual arts. Yeah. Well, that's... that's um... My, so my, my, my main reason to uh, return or come here for the first time-ish uh, is essentially to get myself out of the apartment because um, right. I feel like um, at, I'm at the age where I no longer want to go and see things. And at all, all, because I feel like I know what's going to happen. I've seen this story, uh, you know, and I'm tired. And like, if I'm not going to get a revelation, I'm not interested. And I'd rather watch uh, another episode of Bridgerton or The Nanny. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this felt like having a, a, a... more substantial excuse to go see things that aren't going to be might might be life changing but uh, are not likely to be at this point so right um, wait you're watching season 2 Bridgerton uh, I mean everyone is no are you are you is it like they release an episode a no, week no, or no, no, you no, just, no. you did it all no 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 you did it it's happening uh, I've watched about 150 episodes of season two, is what it feels like. 100, 150. <laughs> it is, it's, it's really interesting. You haven't been watching it. Oh, no. I watched, like, two episodes of season one, and the first one I found 
very alluring because that incredibly handsome guy was basically fully naked and then it seemed as if he was never going to be naked again and I thought well I don't I don't necessarily know if I want to do this. Wait, you watched a couple episodes of season two or season one? No, one. Oh, interesting. Well, you know, what's odd about season two is that it's essentially season one for most of it. <laughs> so, you, you know, it's sort of just more content in this way. It, it changes, but uh, um, we don't... It's good. I think it's best not to talk about it yet because it has just come out and we can we can delay. I do think it's interesting to watch after um, the the Gilded Age or whatever that HBO thing was called. Right. And so, which do you think they poured more money into? It's hard to say. They're both terrible, but in very different ways. I do think that aesthetically. It's hard to say. It's really hard to say. Um, I had a hard time watching The Gilded Age for like those costumes. I just thought, does everything have to be so ugly and stupid? <laughs> well, I I was so sort of like w- woken up by those costumes, <laughs> and I I wonder if the show would have been like, con- sort of less successful. By them? Yeah, because every time a new costume would come on screen, it demanded a lot of attention yes. and questions. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, I kind of, I'm happy for that designer that they've provoked so much feeling from all these people. Um, and I thought of how, how, what a strange choice that the costumes should look so fake, like toys. Mm. Um, but at the same time... I'm kind of amazed. I was kind of I, in a good way. I was like, this is sort of amazing and I'm here for it. And I don't, I think the Bridgerton thing is more of like a, maybe more of a Disney approach. It's like not quite as avant-garde. Well, what I like about the Bridgerton in general situation is that it feels like a fantasy that's accidental or like it's, it's bizarrely just set in the, a kind of historical past time but it's actually right. just like a kind of sci-fi show well it's actually just gossip girl right right but it has this thing with race and kind of like it's rewriting the past like these right. scenari- you know sort of like there's this weird this isn't the past obviously and like and i feel like the gilded age is a little more like this is real history right i think they're paying a little bit more attention to the architecture of history you know like this is what was happening in new york and the light bulb and way right and they are sort of like abiding by uh historical racial standards but they're like being more inclusive of you know people of color and their stories which is unlike what series have done in the past right exactly they're they're um they're trying to present they're attempting to present like a multiple uh, right existence right right in the, in the story yeah right whereas in, in bridgerton oh it's really just like it's a fantasy super fans yeah. um there's another show where they just oh well obviously the show of, of all shows which started that kind of construction was 
Disney Cinderella with Brandy and Whitney Houston. Well, but Cinderella is because it's like a fairy tale. It, I feel like the the it's like it's folk kind of situation is that like these it's so these are characters that exist without a person in this way that I feel right. it sort of operates a bit differently because we because because it doesn't actually like have a place in in real history yeah like obviously it does in this other way where like those are like feudalist scenarios in, in these, right. these uh, these political systems at specific times and like uh, European Kings and queens what have you. and princes and, and yeah. you know cinder so girls it, it is in it, it has it is does take place in a, a real past in a way but, um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. And maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's the same, but it's also like, I feel it as like, my relationship to that is such as a child. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, right. I don't know anything. This is just wonderful. Yeah, that was great. I didn't really thought of it till these Bridgerton things started happening and like, um, Louis C.K. cast his wife as a black woman even though he has white children. I thought, this, you can do that. It's fine. It's a TV show. Yeah. And I think it's true. I mean, it's, it's what I like about Bridgerton. I'm like, it's this, this obviously is a soap opera that's a fantasy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I... I, I the topic of today well I haven't thought about it really much at all though Harriet does speak it into the universe every now and then but I'm not I'm not partaking in fact I have to finish I have to get back into the Andy Warhol docuseries I loved it I really Jack was like we're absolutely not watching that and I thought (laughs) okay great I'll watch it Um, well I've been I enjoyed the first few episodes for sure yeah, what did you like about it? Um, I've been enjoying... Um, well, certainly the people who are discussing Andy are, are incredible characters in and of themselves. And I'm feeling like, so far at least, um, I, I'm certainly not titillated by, you know, Andy Warhol's private life. It's not that interesting to me but I'm I'm really I like the way that they're handling the show with with like very blurry or like mm, I don't know how to say this but the, the way they do reenactments yeah abstract reenactments I liked the ro- I like the robotic voice Love of Andy it. reading his journals really good um, I think that w- that's a dream come true for Andy yeah it's such a like formal be... formally like perf- perfect thing and I love that it's like pronounced at the beginning that like this is approved by like the Andy Warhol Foundation and we've like made him a machine right I felt I felt upset with the like other gay clique of artists who were disapproving of Andy and I hadn't realized that about you know Jasper Johns and Bob Rauschenberg about them being kind of like dismissive of Andy Warhol but it makes sense 
Yeah, it's it's um, been interesting to think like how easily the Campbell's soup cans could have just been discarded. Right? Yeah. Like, okay. A, a screen print of a soup can. Thank you so much. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> and and how like meaning is created very much outside of the work itself. And through obviously right. like the way Andy like, literally did repetition. But also the way like a body of work. This was my real big takeaway of like being far less concerned with any individual like to be basically not be concerned with just like make whatever you want to make and then there's like a kind of inter interplay between the pieces that generates meaning which is obvious I mean or it's I mean well, it's not obvious until it's like until someone thinks of right. it. Right, it's one of know, those like obvious like, oh, things right. that uh, we can't see. <laughs> right, and Andy, Andy certainly changed the paradigm of like what what we what we count as visual art. You know. Right. Yeah, I mean, Is also like think about. I do think that's true. Like, I think Duchamp is sort of like the thought oh, of right. that. But what Andy yeah. does is very different. It's it's well. Duchamp wasn't pop culture. Right. Duchamp was just well, like, is this piece of shit art? Okay. Right. So you can see the step made by Duchamp of like, kind of anything could be art. So right. So then we can put a, a screen print of a camp soup. Like we. Yeah. There, there's steps to getting there, but I mean, right. it's also like I've been in my own studio practice been dealing with how much how much I stopped doing because I didn't feel like it was um, like respect like legitimate I guess is the word so like the fact that Andy made these soup cans and like put them out there like that's it Uh, like yeah that's kind of the whole game is like what you make and then put out and then sort of insist on. Yeah, I do. I guess I do find, I guess sort of the capitalist structures of a visual art are always difficult, but the way in which Andy really participated in celebrity and capitalism with art is, it's not my favorite. Well, it's, I mean, I find it deeply inspiring um, and <laughs> in this, like, I'm also like, I really laughed. I never, so what is it called? The factory? Uh huh. I'm like, right, you're from Pittsburgh. Like, the joke of like the factory coming to New York and making right. a space called the factory that's like your play space. Right. Uh, and just. That'd be like you making the farm, to- the totally, sad farm. Totally. But it's just a loft with, like, really strange people in it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and and, and sort of, like, setting up this business. It's it's very complicated in terms of, like, what is selling out. Like, the the making 
the commissioned portraits dynamic. I'm like, oh, right. This is why every, like, rich person has one of these of themselves. Well, I mean, to be honest, the idea of Andy Warhol, like, doing commissioned photo portrait screen print things of celebrities for $50,000, I'm like, that's an honest day's work. And more, more so than, like, a visual artist just being sort of ordained as genius and and worthy in the market and then people buying their paintings for two million dollars you're like well what right is that about well i think there's this this thing with the selling out phrase is that like no one outside of the artist knows what selling out for them is (laughs) so no one really has the authority to say anything about it it's like this is right so like because the art part like if if someone for for an artist getting like a person's face like a photograph of someone's face and like doing something with it can be a completely legitimate like kind of container for self-expression yeah Uh, i mean you do see there's like this section where andy is in this room full of like rich people like presenting this awful portrait and (laughs) you're like yeah but it's also like if like genius artists make terrible painting like work everyone makes bad work along the way well also it also fulfills this structure of artists working in chapters you know andy definitely Mm -hmm. worked in chapters he was just smart enough to commodify it and be like oh now i'm selling these ones you know like come and get it yeah Yeah. it's whereas other people are just like i'm gonna paint this cloud over and over and over again i hope at some point someone likes it right right (laughs) i mean there's so there's so much in this doc that documentary series about like basquiat and their relationship and like these i i found the the like did Andy Warhol have sex with people? Question incredibly tedious and beside the point. But mm-hmm. um, but also sort of interesting that that was the plot of the documentary. <laughs> right, well, don't give it away. Don't give it away, Jeremy, because I'm not there yet. No, but it's, I mean, the, the question sort of starts of like, did Andy have relationships which is pretty right well that was definitely that was the thesis of the trailer was like andy was so much more than what people you know perceive him to be andy had intimate relationships you're like okay right it's it's so it's like this i think it's just it's interesting culturally that like that is the that like sort of has to be the center question at play even though it seems to me like kind of stupid <laughs> to, to like <laughs> to frame that question also like the this the foundation of the documentary being based in this kind of fake fake diary I, call, I say fake because it's it's something that's not it's like it's basically just writing to a future audience about your life because it's right. a dictated to another person so there's like you're not disclosing a lot of information and then there's specific instances where 
where stuff about like the boyfriend is is uh, explicitly not put into the diary. So right, you know, it's this very it's like it has a sense of intimacy, but it is highly mediated, which is which is also like how everything is. Well, also especially how everything is and was with Andy, yeah, exactly. you know. And he was like, this is the way I'm going to look, and this is how everyone will know me, you know? And that was, was very successful. There's some, I think you haven't gotten to it. There's some incredible, there's some incredible, like, the modeling stuff. It's really amazing. Oh, I got to the model. He's like, I'm going to be a model. Yep. Yeah, so and amazing. he, like, he weirdly, one gets the sense that he actually was somehow made to feel as if he was beautiful because he got hired to model. Well, yeah. Which is interesting. Isn't that how it works? Well, I mean, (laughs) for anyone on the outside, you think like, well, you're only being hired to model because you're famous. Yeah. I think, you know, and I think it's why he set it up. Yeah. I mean, I think he was attempting to get that validation. Yeah, I guess it works both ways. Like, just the very act of modeling can, you know, sort of validate you. Even if, you know, the people hiring you aren't doing it for the reason that you might hope they're doing it Well, it's also this bizarre, like, uh, artistically, I mean, for me, certainly, there's been, as I wasn't on the pod for the whole time, um, of, like, wanting my work to stand for me publicly and not wanting to be mm-hmm. present. Like, the whole point is so that I could not be seen. So, right. like, the the use of one's work to put one's body into the world and, this, and like, get the validation for how you look rather than these things that you've made is, is such a, a oppositional idea for me. Well, I'm glad that that happened for Andy because I think he needed it, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know in the end what his experience was. But it looked like a weird... I mean, there was certainly like some kind of senses of, of tragedy of sort of being brushed aside towards the end. Um, I mean, also, wow, his death, which I assume you haven't gotten to. <laughs> No, I'm not there yet. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Yeah, I don't know if I didn't know. I didn't yeah. know. I, like, don't know. I'm like, I know he's going to well, die, but, like... Yeah, what? that's why I watched the documentary. I was like, I don't I don't really know that much about Andy Warhol. God, hearing about when he got shot and they basically just, like, he was dead mm-hmm. and they, like, took him apart and put him back together. Incredible. I was like, ugh. Incredible. And then truly the most outrageous scarring imaginable. Yeah. Wow, he just got absolutely like as if a child just cut up a rag doll with scissors and then the mom sort of sewed it back together haphazardly. Yeah, it's another moment of sort of complicated vanity as well. Like, because he has photos taken of it, sort of like incorporated into the work in this way that you kind of not expect. I know, because he seems shy in a way about revealing things like that, but then I think. Right, but also, like, the wig he wears is ridiculous. So there's, I think, like, a... 
to sort of overcome his sense of ugliness of himself, he sort of dramatized the situation. So I guess the, the right. kind of scarring is works in that drama. And he's like, well, I'm ugly. Might as well be, like, really weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the, 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 like, dive into high society and all these things is... It's good. I think it's a great, and I. It's a great. It's a great story. It feels very current. I also felt like Andy had a good life. Andy had a great life. Yes. Andy got to like live a fantasy. Yeah, I, and I guess I feel that because like I'm reading David Warner Robich's biography, and like you know, much uh, you know, dying of AIDS is a much more. Uh, harsh way to go out so the well contrast. it was odd i was as i watched this andy warhol thing i was like where's all the aids yeah. it comes it comes in <laughs> all right i also when you um, find out how old he is when he dies i was like oh i thought you were like a hundred years old because you look <laughs> you look you look like it's like it's like judy garland was like dead at 40 and you're like but she wow. literally looks 80 years old yeah, well, they lived hard. They lived real lived hard. hard. Yeah. Um, I have to grab some food yeah. before I go back to fitting shortly. But I think that was an amazing teaser into, or even complete episode, as it turns out. Yeah, and I have so much to talk about. I have to say, there's oh, a great David Warnerovich well, exhibition actually at PPOW right now. I kind okay, of feel well, like... Okay, I guess I'm going to have to find out who that is and what their work is. <laughs> well, dead of AIDS, so... Well, um, I have it. Yeah, I... I, well, I definitely recommend this biography. It's been, like, on my to-read list for a long time. Um, it's a... It's a giant book. Um, some 400-plus pages, I believe. Um, wow. But it's inter- It's a good look into, like, East Village art scene. So... Um, but definitely recommend checking out the show. Uh, yeah, and I saw some other shows because I was like, maybe I'll talk about them, but I won't. Wow, you're cultivating your artistic self. And so while you're going to shows, I'll just have to look things up on Google. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, and then you can teach me something. Yeah, um, you're in San Diego. Should people yeah, go see anything? Um, well, I guess y'all missed the Mark Morris show at BAM, which was wonderful. Um, L'Allegro. Listen, listen, um, I have to say, I have never seen a Mark Morris dance that I've liked, but I do believe that they exist. But Jeremy... I do believe they exist. Jeremy, this one, you would have loved because of the sets and costumes. It's just a color show. Well, I do love color. You would have loved just even just look up pictures. That'll be enough for you. I did. I did. I have seen. I thought this looks very spring and pretty. Well, it has two sections. The first half is very earth tones, and the second oh. half is very spring tones. There were also like incessant Instagram ads for it. Incessant. I thought I don't need to see this anymore. Truly. Thank you so much. I know that is that was maybe not the way to go. It's too much. Yeah, I was like I no. Um, thank you. 
what what else is there to see? Your you, uh, New York City Ballet is coming back in a few weeks. You got to go see the new Pamtanowitz. Yes, end of the month. Um, right up to my birthday. I'm, I really I have to figure out how to go see it. Yeah, and and you're you're going to Venice or something. I'm going with Venice to with Pam to Venice. With Venice, I'm going with Venice to, Pam. to go see Pam. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just sent her a crazy email today that was like, I have an entirely different idea now. Uh, oh, no. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to show that, sh- that, that Better Day film finally. Oh, thank the Lord. I hope it one day it can go on Vimeo and be monetized or, <laughs> and people can pay for it. Or it just goes on Netflix and then you'll get money from oh yeah, Netflix. The, the, yeah, Netflix dance. Netflix loves dance films. Yeah. And I'm not talking so you think you can, wait, what, what, Center Stage, <laughs> Black Swan, they don't care about that. No, it's time Just for Netflix dance. to start Just doing, dance. you know, pure dance outdoors, in the woods, what have you. Yeah, it's, an, it's a genre. It's a genre. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Jeremy, um, this is going to be an almost two-hour episode for our ravenous I think, listeners. I think um, that's great. I'll just, we'll just have this buried in the, this bucket. But it's the first, it's, you know, it's inaug- we're inaugurating a new era yeah. of dance and stuff. It's a new era. And um, Here we go. Oh, there's a team of runners. They're running in Navy I blue. love that. What does it say? Oh, they're Navy. They're Navy. Um, they're actually in the Navy. Oh, oh, I see. I thought they were, I did think that they were just wearing Navy and I thought, that's nice. No, they were wearing Navy right, and yellow, right. but they actually, San their Diego. shirt said, their shirt said Navy. They're in the Navy. Uh, um, Navy and, uh, Navy and uh, yellow, they should have said. That is what they should have said. All right. I really, I have go, to grab go. some overnight oats or something and go to work, but I'll send you these recordings and we love okay, you. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.